Hey y'all. Hey guys. This is Zach. This is Stuart. And this is the Back Row Super Show. This is the uh, main show episode number 42. Uh, Tommy, the film, or when you come to Tommy's, the holidays forever. Ha ha ha. And so I'm wearing my uh, special glasses I'm a little bit of my mouthpiece. Oh, let me let me pop that cork out of your mouth because you're gonna need to talk. Ah, yeah. This <laughs> is you know a uh, audio uh, medium. Medium. Yeah. So I probably <laughs> should take that out right now. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah. So this, this was your suggestion. This was my suggestion. Yeah. Um, so so what made you decide on this particular film? So I really like this movie because you don't see bands doing rock operas anymore. Yeah. Like, you see, like, smash musicals. Mm -hmm. um, You know, like Hamilton, Wicked, Cats, things like that. (laughs) Cats. Um, (laughs) But you don't see, like, rock groups making albums that are meant to be listened to and consumed as operas or, like, like having a sense of narrative. Yeah. You know, like, Pink Floyd has The Wall. Yeah. um, Animals. Flash Gordon. Uh, Flash. Yeah, I mean, that's a soundtrack, though. That's not necessary. Yeah, like, but, well, like, I Queen mean, does it. Queen has also has Night at the Opera, yeah. which which I would argue has a narrative through it, even yeah. though it's a little bit disjointed. Um, but it's, it's just a, a, a format you don't see bands doing anymore. Yeah. Um, so, um, a little bit of a... Uh, this is was the first time that I watched the movie, and... Uh, <laughs> Just a little bit of a, a tale. When you said um, Tommy was your movie, I thought it was going to be Tommy the um, the movie with um, oh with the big fat guy and the smaller guy. Tommy Boy. Yeah, Tommy Boy. That's yeah, that's that what is I not thought. the movie I was suggesting because who are those I two characters? Chris Farley yeah. and David Spade. Yeah, and I don't like either of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> because when you first suggested this movie, I was like, "Oh, Tommy Boy, I've seen that." And then you're like, "Tommy," I'm like, "Oh yeah. no, I've never seen." Oh this. man, if we did not clear that up, this would be a hilarious episode. <laughs> I <because> know. <laughs> so would be what, did, on... what did you think about that like Christ scene? And, <laughs> I uh, feel like uh... when he ripped the coat. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> when he was talking with the goats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, the movie itself, um, and and I can touch a little bit if you're spotty here and there on history with like the Who. Yeah. So um, I'm not the biggest fan of the Who. Gotcha. Um, you know, I've definitely heard of Pinball Wizard, and I got yeah. the references in the movie. Yeah. From the um, the um, actual uh, song. But yeah, I, I bet there were a lot of references in this movie to their songs that probably went over my head. Well, so all these songs are just from the album Tommy, uh, oh, okay. which came out in 69. Um, this movie itself came out in 1975, kind of when yeah. they were at the peak of their career, like in terms of stardom and fame and whatnot. Yeah. Um, the Who, I want to say they started like in 65 or so. Like, it was after the Beatles, but not by much. Okay. It was after the Beatles, but before, like, Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Right? Um, if you think of, of English English musical acts. And, yeah, and, and they were a four-person band too, right? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So the the Who is um, Roger Daltrey singing. Um, I don't think he writes any of the lyrics, though. Oh. Uh, usually, I would think that the singer writes most of the lyrics, but it's uh, all the lyrics and stuff are written by um, Pete Townsend. Yeah. He's also the guitar player. Oh, okay. Um, he's kind of a troubling character, and so I'm kind of on the fence about whether or not I want to, like, Dive. listen to their music oh. or, you know, but... Um, just lifestyle choices or yeah well I'll, I'll cover I don't it. know I mean I, I'll cover it in a little bit because it, it'll it'll crop up with some scenes in this movie uh, um, he's he's very he's not a great guy um, John Entwistle is the bass player and mm-hmm. then Keith Moon is the drummer okay Moon died I think in 79 or 80 did um, another one of them die recently or uh, well, so John Entwistle died maybe 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, he did not give up his life <laughs> lifestyle of a rock star ever. Yeah. He, um, he died because he had a heart attack after doing about a pound of cocaine while having sex with a hooker. Oh, wow. I guess so, um, living, living that rock star yeah, life so it's, the Yeah, so it's just Roger Daltrey and, and uh, Pete Townsend that are still alive. Oh, okay. okay. Um, <laughs> Moon, weirdly enough, was trying... Like, he had a really bad drinking problem. Mm-hmm. He died because he overdosed on medication that he was taking to help him get off of alcohol. Oh. Huh. Um, it- wow. Yeah, like my understand, like I forget the exact drug because I, I didn't look into it because I'm a hack. But um, <laughs> the um, you didn't know this was coming up. The yeah, <laughs> well, like so so he was on some drug. It's, you, you know, like how Narcan will just immediately block your dopamine receptors if if like they'll use sure. it in hospitals if people have overdosed. Yeah, I don't really know much about medicine. Um, like I've been to the hospital twice. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Once so there's when I was this drug like a... called Narcan, and yeah. they'll administer it to you if I believe if you're you're having an OD and yeah. it blocks your dopamine receptors and it just shuts down. Yeah. And let me clarify, stuff. that's the hospital. I've been to checkups and stuff. Don't think I'm like one no, of those yeah. like yeah. No, like the hospital for like a big medical problem. Like, yeah. I broke my arm when I was a kid once, and then another time I think I had the chicken pox or something like that. So. <laughs> So so yeah, don't don't think that I'm like one of those those people who don't like believe in modern medicine or stuff like that. <laughs> I I go and I get myself checked out. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I yeah, just had to clarify that. <laughs> he he uh, he OD'd on this this medication that was basically the same as that but for alcohol. Okay. Addicts. I don't know yeah. if they use it anymore or not because apparently it's very easy to OD on, on it. it. Yeah. Um, so probably not a good miss in them. Yeah. So this this movie came out kind of at the the peak of their their uh, music career. Yeah. Um, so movie came out in seventy five, had a five million dollar budget. Care to take a guess at the box office? Mm, probably seven. Thirty four. Oh, yeah, okay. So it, it actually did. It did very well. well. Rotten Tomatoes, it's a 76. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I yeah. mean, to tell you the truth, it probably wasn't my favorite movie that we've watched. Yeah. But... I mean, these can, I can be sort of miss. Yeah. So I can sort of see why it appealed to you. Yeah. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested to hear what you're like, you know, why you decided to choose this particular movie. Um... 
because <laughs> I like Tommy, and I feel like it's I feel like it's one of those movies that people never like see or hear about anymore. Yes. Like just like the confusion with us. Yeah. <laughs> determining it like you're like immediately like oh Tommy Boy yeah Tommy Boy no <laughs> no yeah no no and like I, I I feel like the Who for a while were one of the biggest bands in the world right okay yeah in the late 60s early 70s yeah. and then this movie comes out and people like it and then their drummer dies and then they put out a couple more a few more albums without their original drummer mm-hmm. and they just kind of like fade into the background and so i feel like it's it's a movie that maybe not a lot of our listeners have seen before no oh, okay and yeah. so i feel like it's a it's a way to to turn people onto a, onto a thing that they might like yeah uh, as well as me selfishly just liking rock operas and being like, we need to have more of them. No, yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, a- unless you're Green Day, like that that whole thing was a. That's I never a saw movie. that. I never. Well, it's not a movie. It's it's um their American it, Idiot album. Yeah. No, isn't it a play? Is it a play? Mm, I mean, they may have staged a play, but like they, I don't they didn't make a movie out of it or anything. Yeah, I'm I am probably the least qualified for music. I mean, unfortunately, well, like yeah, like because before this, I was like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like all the Who's songs that I know, and there's like four or five. Yeah, I mean, you've, yeah, you've I've heard of probably the other you've ones. probably heard songs by them but, but i probably just heard like their biggest singles like yeah. pinball wizard yeah won't get fooled again probably yeah. bob o'reilly that's the one with the weird little synthesizer yeah. intro yeah, yeah yeah everyone calls it teenage wasteland that's not the name oh, of that, yeah. that song <laughs> yeah um Man, maybe i thought it was teenage wasteland too yeah no that the name of the song is bob o'reilly yeah um but the uh, so this album was interesting because it or the, this uh, film was interesting at the time because normally when you shoot a musical, you're dubbing in music in post production. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the album was actually never dubbed over the film, which is what you'd expect since they already had you know all the music written. Yeah. Um, all the actors sang their own parts. Oh. Um, so mean, like they, Jack Nicholson yeah. saying, which is funny hearing Jack Nicholson's song because yeah. he can he has a good singing voice, but the song the key the song is in is a little bit out of his range, and yeah. so the really high parts he's 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 trying kind of going for he's trying. I will say yeah, like this um, this film had a very large like famous cast in it. Oh yeah, well that's I because was... they were a popular band. At the time. Um, like yeah, they were at the height of their popularity. So like Anne Margaret is his mom. Anne Margaret was in Bye Bye Birdie. Hang on. Um, was whose mom? Was Tommy's mom. Yeah, yeah. The redhead? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Anne, oh, Anne oh, Margaret. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um she she was also married to Elvis for a while. So she yeah. Oh yeah, she was married to Elvis. Yeah, she was married to Elvis before um before he got fat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah in the I, 60s. I mean, um, I probably should have put it more gently. Or yeah, yeah. Um, before he got obese. And then uh, I forget who plays his dad, but he's he's a famous English actor as well. Yeah, Elton John is is yeah Tommy's pinball opponent. Yeah, which was really cool. Um, I mean, it's always funny. To, not funny, but it's always interesting to see Elton John on the screen, like. He yeah. does chew up the scenery pretty well. He does a really good job, yeah. I think. Um, 
the uh, but yeah, they, they so so all the actors sang their own parts, and then they uh, the who actually put out a, an album for the soundtrack from this, huh? Or, or as a it? soundtrack, but it's because it's different from the actual album. Like the songs are all changed, um, but the, the actors are singing them. They are the same songs, except the album. Um, there's title changes and there's movement changes in the actual mm. music because the album focuses on Tommy's father, Captain Walker, yeah, uh, who's a pilot in the war. Um, I want to say it's at the tail end of World War One, yeah. And so this one to make it more modern, they moved him to being a pilot in World War Two. Okay. Um, Did you listen to that soundtrack? To, uh, the to soundtrack, the movie? yeah. I mean, I I watched the movie. Like yeah. I have the I have the album mm-hmm. of from '69, but I, I don't have the soundtrack from soundtrack, this just yeah. because I have the movie. Yeah, because um, wasn't there a movie? I'm blanking on the name, but they did a bunch of like uh, Beatles songs. It was like a bunch of young kids singing a bunch of Beatles songs, like Hey Jude and Oh uh, Across the Universe. Yeah, Across the Universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they came out with like. They did. I had that one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was weird, though. It was like, these are all Beatles songs, but, like, other people other are people singing. Other people are doing them, and they're not, they're in a different not context. As, yeah. And, and it's yeah. not as good, at least I, I thought. I like remixes. Yeah. I like remixes. Like, oh, part, okay. part of me thinks it's a really cool thing that they, I, I mean, I, I know purely out of capitalist interest, that's why they put out yeah. a separate soundtrack so they could sell it a second time, but, like. It is different. Like, they had to re-record it, too. I mean, and it's, like, in a different key and everything like that. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I remember, because I saw the movie, I never bought the soundtrack, but it was just, I don't know, it was a little strange to me, but, you know, I guess that's just my personal opinion, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, so, so Townsend was actually kind of a, kind of a a techie, like, he was... He's interested in different types of sound. So, like, after um, Quadrophenia, mm-hmm. which was another rock opera that they did, which had a movie, Sting was in it. It's not very good. What was the movie? The name of it was Quadrophenia. Wow, yeah. I and never... the reason why it's called that is because it was released on quadraphonic sound, which in the 70s was this kind of, like, speaker array. You know, stereo was... Mono is one, stereo is yeah. two. Mm-hmm. Quadraphonic sound was four channels, oh, right? Okay. So, Tommy was recorded uh, in its initial theater run for quintaphonic sound, which is five-channel audio. Huh. So, this is kind of a problem because each theater showing the film had to be specially equipped oh. to play the audio from this this that kind of sucks. movie. Um, Fantasia had Fantasound, which was basically stereo, Stereo, right? Um, Tommy had Quintaphonic, um, both types of audio were never used by a movie again. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I'm trying to think, like, I guess the version that I watched didn't sound any different than a normal movie. So what you could do with this, because this was the next point in my note, was that 5.1 surround sound mm-hmm. is a thing. Like, most theaters now are, are equipped with 5.1 surround sound. Okay. If you have that in your house, yeah. and you buy the Blu-ray of this, mm-hmm. there's an option of it that uses all five channels. Oh. I don't have surround sound. Neither do I. Um, but 
it is interesting that that same technology came back. No, I have a DVD. Yeah. Um, So the studio then had to spend more money making a mono four-track magnetic and then Dolby stereo mixes in later theatrical runs. So there's a lot of different uh, screen prints of this out there with varying types of sound Sound. quality. Yeah. Uh, Because, you know, if if it's recorded with five channels and you mix it down to mono, it's not going to sound great unless you balance everything again. Yeah. Um, Also, yeah, Pete Townsend, like I said, had this weird obsession with, with... sound configurations. Yeah, I mean, um, with it being a rock opera, I would assume that sound would be your main focus. Because, like, the story wasn't, like, anything to write home about or anything like that. Yeah. I, I think it was just more of the vehicle to put your music in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a loose story because you have to keep in mind, though, that it's an album of, I think there's... I think there's like 16 or 17 songs. Yeah, was that album like, was it trying to tell a story in that album? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like that was the purpose of it. Oh, okay. And, and it I think just in the original printing, them. there were like liner notes explaining the story. Oh. But you have to keep in mind, the story would fit on a set of liner notes. Yeah. Like it's not... It's not, yeah, <laughs> a, you know... Because man, this movie was kind of long. It was an hour and like 50 minutes. Which I think it's just shy of two hours. Yeah, which for a rock opera was kind of, I don't know. It just that's a lot of music. Yeah, it is. And it just kind of, I mean, it seemed to go on for a bit. Which yeah, I, there are parts that drag. So yeah. like, it's so it, well. Okay, well let, let's talk about the story of the movie then. Okay. Well, sorry. Did you have any more notes? I do, but okay. it's, it's gross filming stuff. No, and no. So it's continue on. Well, no, it's stuff that I'll cover while we okay we talk about it. So because I don't want to drive this vehicle, I'll, I'll let you drive it. I'm just in the passenger seat. So or in the back seat. The story or in the trunk. I'm going to put you in the trunk. (laughs) (laughs) Or like on the bumper, hanging on with a skateboard. Oh, no. No sketching allowed. That's not... uh, It's not safe. Don't do it. It's not safe. Don't don't sketch. I didn't Um, know there was an official word for that sketch. I mean, I've only heard it from the McElroys. I've never actually... I've never sketched. Um, but, uh, But yeah, okay. So the story of this... Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just like... (laughs) How many deviations can I take? (laughs) So, I'm having fun here. The the story is a young couple conceive a child, he gets called into war, he gets shot down somewhere over Germany, Mm -hmm. she delivers the baby, Mm -hmm. falls in love with a uh, holiday camp... um, I forget the term for them. Greencoats, I think. Um, their attendance at like vacation camps, which are more pop, were more popular in England at yeah. the time. It's kind of like like vacation going to camp. a resort here, but yeah, it's it's like a way to get outdoors where it's nice outside, right? Yeah. Um, we call that camping. She falls in love with this guy. He mo- he quits his job. Goes yeah, which happens really fast. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, it's over the course of a summer too. Yeah. Um, they I just they uh, are 
being intimate, Tommy's father comes in the house. Yeah. The guy attacks him because he thinks he's a burglar. Understandably, because, yeah. I mean, if I'm, you know, getting down and then some person just walks That's in... It. My first thought is not like, oh, this is probably this woman's dead husband who's come back. Yeah, this woman that I've, you know, met for a summer. Yeah. Um, so he kills him thinking it's a burglar, mm-hmm. right? Um, Tommy sees his parents over the dead body of this man who... I don't know how he knows it's his father. <laughs> I guess because he looks like him, a person, maybe? and they the the whole song of you didn't you didn't see it, you didn't hear it, you you won't say nothing to no one ever yeah. in your life, right? Yeah. And so that makes Tommy as a kid, like in his subconscious, go deaf, dumb, dumb and blind. blind. Wow. Yeah, which is which is interesting. I think like yeah. I mean, it's a fa- it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. Movie. Yeah. It's it's not supposed to be like high drama. It's it's more melodrama than high. Yeah, drama. and again, like, this is all very like. Very loose, very wavy of hands right. and stuff like this. Like, you're suspending your disbelief on stuff like that. It's not like a kid would actually literally go deaf, dumb, and blind from this kind of trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his they parents then leave him with a series of babysitters. Um, mm-hmm. Cousin Kevin, who... I don't remember who plays Cousin Kevin, but he was a he was an actor at the time. Yeah. Um, Uncle mm-hmm. Ernie, who is Keith Moon. Yeah. The drummer of the band. Who <laughs> I is, guess... Was he an actual actor ever? Or? No. No, okay. <laughs> no. He, like, he pops up every now and then, like, on a random, like, as a... as a, a background character in, like, a Monty Python film. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I got my Python vibes or, from this and everything. Like, very kind of... I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's Monty Python. It, no, but like I, I mean, Keith, like, with vibes Keith Moon, stuff. Um, with Keith Moon being in it, that's probably it, because he tends to overdo like, a lot of stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so Tommy also is abused physically by his, yeah. his cousin, um, who... Not the best scene. Not the best scene. Uncle Ernie, um... Sexually abuses him. Yep. Um, Again, not the best scene. Yeah, and then so his dad takes uh, takes Tommy to a prostitute, the Acid Queen, who yep. gives him drugs and has sex with him. Not the best scene. Which is also not the best scene. <laughs> um, and then, well, you also have to keep in mind this I is know. like the 60s. Like, it's, yeah. it's a different time, different, um, like, I mean, I'm not saying either one of those is great. Yeah, I know. Um, it's just yeah, yeah. It it's visually like interesting. Though. Yeah, they do a lot of interesting visual effects. Visual effects. Yeah. Costuming is fantastic. I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing a stage play of this. Yeah, honestly. yeah. Just some of the themes are just like ugh, it doesn't taste good. Yeah. Well, so I'll come back to that okay. when, when I talk about Pete Townsend being a gross monster. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing some influences. So yeah. So um, Tommy then goes to a therapist who says there's nothing physically wrong with him. It's all mental. Yeah, you know, mental. Played by Jack Nicholson, very ably. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Um, this Tommy was Jack Nicholson before or after? Um... This is pre-shining. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is pre-Shining, post-Easy Rider, um, pre, yes, pre-Chinatown, too. Okay. 
Um, I mean, he wasn't like a huge, huge actor, but he was kind of like on the rise. On the you know? Um, Tommy is very good at playing pinball. Yep. Kind of. You could almost say a wizard. At he's a business. wizard at pinball. Uh, Tommy, a, you're a wizard. You're a wizard, Tommy. <laughs> at pinball. Oh man, now I want to make a meme. Um, you can make a meme. Yeah, you're yeah. a wizard, Tommy. You can you can put it on the Facebook if you want to. <laughs> I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to Photoshop Roger Daltrey's head onto Daniel Radcliffe's wee wee boy body. Do you have Photoshop? And, yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, I mean, I'm not very good at using it, but yeah, who is? I, I mean, you you know how there's to cut lots in. of people who are good. <laughs> like I can barely cut out things. Um, Just use the lasso tool. Watch out! <laughs> Sorry again. It's not a visual media. I was doing a lasso. He's movement. doing a lasso like Hio yeah. like thing. <laughs> um, Tommy then wins a lot of money at a gaming championship for pinball yeah i don't know if that's ever actually a thing thing. yeah i don't think i mean i'm sure pinball tournaments like maybe paid out like a few hundred bucks but not like like, millions of dollars. yeah i know it reminds me of um that other movie with like the power glove the nintendo guy oh the wizard yeah the wizard that's yeah because it was also like a gaming wizard because they have a big tournament with lots of like cash prizes yeah but you know nowadays Play some league, you can win like a million dollars or Hearthstone or anything else. Yeah. You can win a lot of money now being like a pro gamer. Yeah, but you pro gamer. You have to spend a lot of money too. Yeah, on energy drinks and like wristbands to help <laughs> your not get car- carpal tunnel syndrome. Anyway. And those e chairs. You gotta get those e chairs. No, you don't. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Razor. Razor could sponsor us. We um, could all have e-chairs. I don't need an e-chair from Razor. <laughs> um, they could sponsor us and get us a couch. An e-couch. An e-couch? <laughs> it would just be it's an, an electric... e-chair for the, for the largest gamers. <laughs> or it could for just Zach be... For size gamers. <laughs> it could just be a digital couch. <laughs> it's an electronic couch. Yeah. yeah. Um... <laughs> So, sorry. Um, Tommy is knocked out of his little state, and his conniving stepfather um, starts a religion around it. So you see these scenes of his family's decadence because of the wealth that he's earned to them, and then you see the aesthetic, uh, um, kind of ascetic, uh, radical minimalist thing of this religion he starts where people are giving all of their money to this organization and yeah. getting nothing in return. They're, they're making themselves deaf, dumb, and blind. And the people rise up against him and he's a Christ figure. Mm-hmm. And he goes into the mountains and recommunes with nature. So it's like going from nothing to everything Bang, to, to nothing again and the nothing being the enlightenment point, right? Yeah. So it's a very simple story. Even with the deviations, I think that was like a five minute description. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the the yeah like it's a very do, loose story, but it's, it is. But I think they go into like a lot of details where they don't need to go into details. Like I didn't need to see the see like again like the visual effects were really cool and stuff like that. But like going into like the sexual abuse and you know. 
it was so, yeah, I uncomfortable mean, scenes that were just like... I mean, th- largely, if, if they were to play those scenes seriously, I think it would have a different tone. Yeah. Because the way they're played with, with Keith Moon being used as the abuser, because he's going over the top, like, comedic... Yeah. It gives it a different tone. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, he's... You know, he's he's got his eyes blaring, and he's walking around with, like, w- hot water bottles and in women's underwear and, yeah. <laughs> and reading a newspaper called, I think, The Gay Times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, he's painted very stereotypically and with bold strokes, but it's also... It's also a musical. Like, yeah, yeah. they're they're using certain things to get across yeah. certain ideas. I feel like his performance is what makes that a weird, weird, yeah, thing. Like the way he's portraying the role, yeah. Um, more than anything, the I think the Acid Queen scene, which by the way, the Acid Queen is played by Tina Turner, yeah, which I She's think is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, and um, I think that's again like. The, the visuals, scene there with, like, like the Iron Maiden see, with the drug, yeah. filled with the syringes and the drug. Like, that it's looked just, really cool. I don't know. Syringes kind of creep me out and everything like that. I mean, yeah, but yeah. it's supposed to. It's an Iron Maiden filled with syringes yeah. of whatever substance she shot him with. I know. I just, I don't like syringes. There was, um, oh, gosh. I guess there was Saw 2 or something like that. Oh, where you have to crawl around through the, like, pit of needles? Well, yeah, there was this one girl who I guess her sin was she was, like, a druggie. And one of the guys throws her into this pit of, like, syringes with stuff filled in it. I was like... So gross. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, like, I... You know, I can understand, like, other people being okay, but, like, syringes are just, like, a weird thing for me. So I was just, like, kind of put off by that scene. But, like, again, Tina Turner... her singing, her just like acting is fantastic and everything like yeah. that. The visuals, the colors, it's just really cool and very trippy. Um, yeah, it's just like certain things that just kind of are like, eh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, and, and point taken, like they, there's imagery in here that is gross. Um, yeah. I feel like this this rock like granted there, there's not a whole lot of attempts at them mm-hmm. but like if you watch this compared to the wall i feel like the wall is a better has a better and more coherent narrative i've never seen the wall um but like the entire album set up like that because of when the who were writing this mm-hmm. in the late 60s they i mean they were like a pop rock band were they yeah, well, like, I, I mean, pop and the, their their songs were played on the radio and oh. they were two and a half minutes long. Like, they weren't Pink Like, Pink Floyd has songs that are, like, 20, 30 minutes. Like, they're a prog rock band, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so they're more accustomed, I think, to making albums with a narrative. Whereas this, if you listen to the Tommy album, I, I think they're, the longest song on there is maybe four minutes. Oh. So it's a collection of a bunch of, like, radio-friendly pop songs yeah. that are trying to tell a story, too. Yeah. So I think they're limited by what their experience was, if that makes sense. Like, what the medium that they were trying to make it in. Yeah. Um, okay. But, but yeah, no, I, I like the album. I do want to go over some gross filming stuff. 
Okay. Knock it out. Do you know what sploshing is? Nope. So sploshing is a uh, sexual fetish. Um, oh. You see it mainly in England. Okay. Um, I I've I've read like academic supposition that what it is. Uh-huh. It, well, and yeah, academic. Let me. Well, no, no. Quote like, on quotes. Well, so it's a very specific thing. On your where, personal. Uh... No, 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 no. No, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm being serious. I, a, know, um, I know. I'm just giving you. Credit. It's mainly English, right? And it's not as, it's not as prevalent today as it was in decades past. But what it is is basically women or men. Um, being covered in like gross slimy foods like baked beans um ew mashed corn Why potatoes a, a stuff like British that thing so it, well and this goes back to the article that that I was like an academic article talking about where and where some of these like kinks and fetishes and stuff come from was it an academic article from Playboy no no <laughs> I can look I just, up the article for you if you want. No. It's actually written by a professor of film, but uh, no, you know how people are like. Oh, I just read Playboy for, for the, the articles. articles. Yeah, um, it's so. My guess, based on this thing that I've read, is that the assertion that's made is that it. The reason you don't see it anymore is a lot of it comes out of, um, you know, during World War Two with all of the rationing and lack of oh. access to food, it's tied to like this decadent, deviant behavior, right? Yeah. You're you're like swimming around in food. Yeah, right? where you know, you could be eating this food, you you're so decadent that you can use this food for other Just things. Just for things like... that are not like at well, I mean I guess you could eat them, you probably wouldn't want to, but um, so yeah, so there is a splashing scene in this movie. Yeah. With Anne Margaret, where baked beans and champagne come spilling out of her, at her television at her and covers the set, right? Yeah. Um, that scene apparently took them three days to shoot. Jeez. Just I, because of that scene? Like, so... Not Who looks at that script and goes like, well, I guess it's time to spend three days on this weird... So champagne beans. Given scene. given what I just said about it being a post-war British male like sexual fantasy, mm-hmm. um, there's not a doubt in my mind that the reason it took three days to shoot is because they had Anne Margaret and they're like, yeah, we didn't get enough good takes yesterday. Let's watch you roll around in them beans again. Like, and that's just gross. Like Ew. knowing that it took them that long to shoot that one scene. Ew. Yeah. That's just I mean, real gross. And again, like, I, I want to kink shame. People, you know, do what they do. But sure, like, but she's a professional being yeah. there to play a part. Play a part, a movie, yeah. Not, not being, not like, some sort of snuff some film. Sort of, well, yeah. it's not a snuff film, but yeah. Well. Like, the, the, another thing is, uh, so, Daltrey out, like I said, plays Tommy. Moon plays Uncle Ernie. Townsend and Entwistle just kind of mime their instruments in Pinball Wizard mm-hmm. and in the song Eyesight to the Blind, which that's another one that I, for, I forgot to bring up. So while they're trying to find a cure for Tommy, they take him to church and interact with this character named the Hawker, who is basically a, an in-person televangelist. Like, he's a con man. Like, he's yeah. a sleazy con man. Yeah. Like, all the, the church's... Uh, 
walls are lined with these statues of Marilyn Monroe. Um, but Eric Clapton is is the guy playing and singing. Yeah. I, I don't know if you recognize that. But yeah. it's another uh, cool scene. Huh. Um, but they just kind of mime their instruments in those two songs. So they didn't have a whole lot of, like, role in this movie. Yeah. Um, going back to Pete Townsend, who is not a great person. We're going to open up this can. Yeah, yeah. And all, right. all of this is alleged because all of these things have been... And again, all of this is our personal opinion. We're, we, you know. Yes, this is... This is personal opinion or whatever i'm i'm not <laughs> slandering pete townsend there you go um gotta cover those legal bases so at some point he was writing another rock opera mm-hmm. in the early 2000s yep late 90s early 2000s and had a problem with his computer so he took his computer to the repair shop and the repair shop found child pornography on it Ew, I did not know that. He... And he's not in jail? No, because he's rich and white. Um, he, yeah. I um, guess... Yeah. You forget, that legal system applies even in England. Um, his excuse for it was that the rock opera he was writing focused heavily on um, abuse of children because he himself was sexually abused as a child. And so they said, okay, that makes sense. Let him go. If you're writing this from your personal experience, why do you have all this porn on your computer, dude? Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. That's, ew. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I bring that up. And again, this is all alleged, right? Um, But Townsend apparently objected to having to wear costumes. And he also did not want to back up Elton John during Pinball Wizard. He got into a fight with Elton John... Oh, jeez. On on set. Um, it seems like Ellen John's a really nice guy. He he does seem like I mean, because you he, know he he had, he had some pretty debilitating drug addictions as well. Yeah. So he, it may have been more like there's nothing in anything I've read that says that they got into a fight because Pete Townsend did not want to back up someone who had just come out as gay. Yeah. That's my supposition. Yeah. Um, and that's not, like, that's just based on, like, it could very well be that both of them had very debilitating cocaine addictions at the time and got into an argument and neither one of them wanted to back down because they were coked out and aggressive, right? Yeah, coke. It's a hell of a drug. I Like, part of me thinks because... Of Pete Townsend being the way he is, uh, like he recently in a Rolling Stone article, um, they they were interviewing him in Daltrey, and they bring up the death of Moon and Entwistle, and like his response was very much like, "Yeah, it couldn't happen to nicer people." Oh, like. Like, he's a dick. Yeah. Um, I can fully see a, 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 an instance of him not wanting to, you know, be around someone who just very publicly came out. and yeah. Because I, he's he's very also, very, like, aggressively, ma- like, toxically masculine. Yeah. Um, I know that um, Ellen so, John just recently put out an August, 
autobiography, and I'm actually really interested in... Yeah, I do uh, want to read that. I, I really liked Rocket Man. Yeah. Um, I... So I'd be interested I know you said you don't like musicals, but that might be one we could cover because Rocket it's Man? actually really well done. Oh, yeah, I've never seen it. It's good. I, re- I mean, it's got his music from the times, and it's, despite being a very... Like, it's it's very, very musical. Like, old school, like, 50s, 60s style musical. Yeah. Right? With these big dance numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Um... But from what I know of Elton John's life, like, there are things that they don't really exaggerate in that movie. Like, he... There's some wild stuff that that is part of his past that yeah. is huh. pretty amazing that he's still alive. Still alive. Wow. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I just wanted to bring up the, the bits with Pete Townsend because, you know, even though you like something that someone puts out, they're not a... That doesn't make them a good person. Person, yeah. Um, I guess noted suspected pedophile Pete Townsend did not like, didn't want to be on stage with a guy who was hurting no one. Yeah. And got in a fight with him about it. Nah. So, yeah, he's a huge piece of shit. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's Tommy. That's all I have on Tommy. Yeah, that's that's about it um, for me on, on Tommy. Well, how do you, uh, what would you give it, like, a grade-wise? Grade-wise? Yeah. Um... I would recommend it, it uh, so I would say like a like a B. Like I said, there's there's a better rock out opera out. It's The Wall by Pink Floyd, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it's more coherent narratively, and it actually lines up with the music way better. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I do think that like maybe there's a reason no one makes these anymore because they they don't do very well, and people aren't interested in musicals. I mean, they make cats. Else. Yeah, but that's a stage play. But it's a musical too, right? It's not a rock opera. No, but it's a musical. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they're also making Hamilton and the other one that um, Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh, are they? Doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they, they. So like, I feel like stage musicals convert better to film musicals better than rock operas. Than rock operas, which are a hundred percent audio, translate yeah. to a visual medium. If that yeah. Makes sense. So like I guess you, the only rock opera I've seen is Across the Universe. Is that a rock opera? No, I would call that a musical. Maybe I haven't seen any those, rock operas. Well, then. Maybe this is my only rock <clears throat> opera. I well, because like, and the reason I make that distinction is like those are all songs by a rock band, but that rock band didn't purposely put them together in an in an order to tell a story. Okay. Like that's the difference between a rock opera and a musical. Some someone else came and assembled. Yeah those Beatles songs into an order. Yeah, okay. So would <coughs> the movie about Freddie Mercury be a rock opera? Since there's Queen's music in there? That's a biopic. Yeah. That's, so, so I will say Bohemian Rhapsody is different from Rocket. Like, Rocket Man is a musical yeah. that happens to have a biographic purpose. Or uh, storyline. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody is a biopic okay. that has... That, about a musician, so there's music in, in it. it. Kind of like Walk the Line. Okay. Or, or Ray. Ray, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's more like that than... Yeah, Robert then I, I guess this was my first rock opera I've ever seen. Oh, okay. Nah. Well, yeah, I mean, this is what they're like. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. I can see why they... Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's a dying... For, like, they were popular in the 70s. 
I mean, has any um, band, like, I know there are some bands that probably have put out, you know, uh, albums that tell a story. Well, like, the last one that I can think of, um, what is that band? Coheed and Cambria is a pop punk band that... <laughs> wow. Like, yeah. there's, like, the guy has a comic book, and he's got, like... They put out albums that are, like, numbered because it's where they fall in the story. And mm-hmm. so, like, he's got this plan for, like, ten albums worth of music, but it all tells one story. And so it's a it's a story in ten parts plus a comic. Um, which, to me, that's, like, pr- prog rock, like, yes-style antics. Which is, like, that's, that's not something I'm interested in at all. Yeah. Um, Green Day is probably the last one. So... Tommy would be probably more akin to if Green Day had made a movie out of American Idiot. Okay. Even though I don't listen to... Or not American Idiot. What is the one that they put American out? American Idiot. Like, with when the, September ends? Yeah, American Idiot. With Saint the, Jimmy? Is that the one with Saint Jimmy on it? Maybe. I. It's the one with the uh, hand grenade as the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's American Idiot. Yeah, I'm not a huge... Um, I think it became a stage play, but don't quote me on that. I'm I'm not a huge Green Day um, enthusiast. I feel like though that given, given how popular Green Day were at the time, yeah, if they had made a movie out of American Idiot, that album, yeah. which I'm looking up the album now. Um, this is when we should have a second computer, so we can just like type it and when uh, yeah, that's instead true. of typing it on like our phones and stuff like that, because it is kind of hard to. Um, uh, yeah, it is American Idiot. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, if if they had put out a movie version of, of American Idiot, it would be more akin to what The Who at the time did with Tommy. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because they, makes they were sense. both very popular um, bands, very popular music, and they put out this thing that's trying to tell a story that they feel like needs to be told. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, like it's like I the mean, American idiot of the seventies. So, since this was the first time that I watched it, and I was disappointed when it wasn't Tommy Boy, uh, no, I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> um, I it was okay. Um, I definitely there were parts in it that kind of dragged a little bit. Yeah. Um, visually, it was really cool. Um, and yeah, the music was great in it. Um, definitely makes me want to listen to the Who some more. Um, but from here, I would, I would, if you're really interested in listening to more of their stuff, mm-hmm. um, I feel like their better albums. You you could if if this makes you want to listen to more Who, I would recommend Who's Next. Okay. Um, Who's that next? one is the one with uh, Bob O'Reilly. Oh, okay. Yeah. And all the other songs on there are good too. They're just good. escaping me at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but as, like, a story and something that I would want to, like, rewatch in the future, I don't think I would ever, like, rewatch this movie or recommend it to somebody. If somebody was like, hey, let's watch a movie, I wouldn't be like, oh. Oh, let's watch Tommy. Yeah. Um, if somebody was like, hey, let's watch a rock opera, I'd be like, well, I only know one. It'd be Tommy. But I would probably recommend maybe Rockin'. It was Rockin', Rockin Man. Man? Yeah. yeah. Um... So I'd probably give it like a solid 70. Okay. Gotcha. So passing, but 
not great. So C and a B, so C plus. Yeah. Average. 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 Yeah. Between us, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There's Tommy for you. Yeah, there's Tommy. Um, so, so with that, uh, our, our next main episode will be Osmosis Jones. Yeah, that one I picked. Um, so watch that. That will be Stuart's <laughs> I, version of I, Tommy. I, I do like how, like, we are so opposite in our picks. Like, you're like, ah, uh, let's, let's watch this really interesting rock opera. I'm like, here's some sort of silly Bill Murray <laughs> and, uh, Martin Lawrence goofy mixture of animated live action. No, it's... Chris Rock. Chris Rock. No, I thought it was yeah, Martin Lawrence. Oh, maybe it yeah, is. Yeah, no, it's Chris, Chris Rock. Rock. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, did they make a sequel or no, something? No, I was no, supposed no, to... no, Okay. No. They did make a uh, TV show. I did know that. I have yeah. that in my notes. Yeah. So we'll yeah we'll discuss that next time. Um, but right now we're going to move on to me me me. So if you want to hear us talk about things that may come up in other episodes, maybe entire other topics, um, this is what we tend to do with these yeah um, and this would be like a perfect spot if we were like sponsored or something like that we'd probably throw in a commercial about like i don't know underwear yeah that or mattresses mattresses maybe some sort of streaming service of some sort yeah yeah so yeah. you know maybe if you're listening and you have connections to any of those Throw a bone to your two favorite buddies. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, me, me, me's. You want yeah. me to start off? Or? Sure. Okay. Sure. So I know last time I was talking about it, um, I've been playing Breath of the Wild. Well, I actually beat it. Um, oh, nice. I, I beat it. Um, I really enjoyed the ending. Um, the ending was a lot of fun. Uh, they're actually going to be making a sequel to the Breath of the Wild. Oh, um, really? Yeah. And you could definitely kind of tell that from the end of it, because the end does kind of leave it a little um, open-ended. Um, they haven't done that since Majora's Mask, and Majora's Mask wasn't really a sequel. Uh, Majora's Mask was kind of a sequel to Ocarina of Time. Um, it wasn't intended to be a sequel, but in the same world, it's the same link. Oh, okay. Um, so... It uses a lot of the same aspects of um, Ocarina of Time. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, so they're planning on coming out with a second one, um, which I'm totally looking forward to. But yeah, um, so guess how many hours I sank into this uh, this game. Um, I did not do everything. I did not 100%. So you didn't do everything. Yeah. So to complete it... Uh, but I did take, you know, I did... What is like the game... game? How oh, long to be? God, I, I don't know. I should probably look that up before I ask you this question. Because I, I know I've heard people say, like, there's, like, at least 100 hours worth of content. There is. There is. Uh, I'm going to guess 65 hours? Uh, 40 hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I did... So, I usually try to not use a guide when I'm going through games like this. Yeah. Um, just because I really do enjoy the experience of... Um, learning the puzzle. And if you haven't played Zelda games, a lot of those games are kind of like puzzle-solving games. Yeah. Um, there is some, like, you know, fighting mechanics, platforming mechanics, but a lot of it is they give you tools, they expect you to use those tools to solve problems. Yeah, I, I would consider those to be... Not a puzzle game, because I know that has a different connotation, but yeah. I... Like, when I think of Legend of Zelda, my immediate thing is, like, problem-solving and, and puzzle-solving. Yeah. 
like the fighting and stuff is incidental. Yes. To yes. Me. Like yeah. it's more puzzle. It's more puzzle, and this one's definitely more um, exploration, which I really enjoyed. But um, it was really cool. So um, again, this isn't really spoilers because it's very it's set up at the very beginning. Um, the last like kind of level that you get to explore is Hyrule Castle. And it's oh. really cool exploring Hyrule Castle. Nice. Like, that was probably my favorite area to sort of walk around and explore. It's very large. Um, there's a lot of rooms that are really cool. You actually get into uh, Princess Zelda's room, mm. and you can read her diary, which is oh, kind of really? cool. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really How does cool. this Zelda react to that? Because I've heard that this Zelda is far more like takes no bullshit from Link. Yeah, so so here's <laughs> the thing is um, uh, a lot of the Zelda games aren't voice acted. There's no voice acting in the Zelda games. Um, it's kind of funny because there's a big thing about like Link doesn't talk. Link talks in hi and ha I have a DVD of an entire cartoon series that says otherwise. Yes. Princess. A lot of people... <laughs> a lot of people try to forget about that. Particular. Excuse me, Excuse princess. Excuse me, princess. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people try to forget about that, but... Um, I don't. Yes, I know. I love it. <laughs> um, so it's, it's interesting because this is one of the first games that um, Princess Zelda gets... Uh, a voice, uh, basically, somebody voice acts for her. I really enjoy the um, the voice acting. I thought it was great. She kind of has a bit of a like a British vibe to her, okay, which is really cool. That's really interesting. They did voice acting because Nintendo yeah. typically, like, other than like in other Zeldas and stuff, people will have like yeah. a sound, so you have an idea of what their voice uh -huh. might sound like, and it's just reading, and I, I've always thought it was for localization. It makes it easier. They don't have to hire a bunch of voice actors. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's amazing that they actually went with full-on voice yeah. acting. It's 100%. And that's, uh, yes. It's not it's just, actually, like, the first two nope, words. it's 100%. It's for her, uh, the four uh, champions, mostly every, but, like, every main character. Yeah. Um, all the NPCs kind of get a sound, like, oh, and a wah. Yeah. But um, again, Link does not get a voice. Hmm. Like, he has no voice acting. He's silent. He's the silent protagonist. Huh. Um, he gets his high oz and everything choice. like that. Yeah. Um, it's actually interesting. In uh, Princess Zelda's diary, she kind of dives into that a little bit of why uh, she's kind of frustrated that Link never talks. It's really cool. It's <laughs> it's a really cool like area to explore. I had so much fun in the last uh, bit of that game, and I'm definitely looking forward to the uh, sequel. Cool. Um, I'm definitely once I finish a couple of the other games that I'm playing. If I ever have some downtime, I might go back to that game to one hundred percent it. Um, I would probably use a guide when I do that, just so I'm not like you know, burning time trying to figure stuff out. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I got pretty close to it. Uh, I think I was around, like, 72% completed. So... Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, um, I completed that, and then I moved on to my next game, which is my next thing, but I'll pass it off to you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I watched um, a thing on Netflix, uh, which I highly recommend, called Hun Zimmer Live in Prague. Cool. Um, 
Do you know who Hans Zimmer is? He's a music guy. Yes, he is a um, he's a so he's a film composer. He's he's interesting to he's more interesting to me than someone like John Williams or doesn't he compose or, music for like uh, he does it for movies. Yeah, right? so he's he's like a John Williams. You'd go to pay him to make to score your film. They didn't do like Harry Potter and Star Wars, or is that somebody? Else? That's John Williams. John so, Williams. So John Williams. He lifts a lot of motifs and things from other composers to a point that I'm just like, okay, well, are you composing or are you mixing and matching here? Like, Hans Zimmer actually does interesting, different sounds. And his composition, like, you know, he scored the, uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Oh, okay. Uh, I think he did Black Hawk Down. Um, he also that. scored Driving Miss Daisy and oh, nah. some of The Lion King. Oh, and oh, that's cool. So this this performance is a um, it's him with a backing band mm-hmm. performing the songs that he's written for movies specifically. Cool, right? Yeah. Like he is an also he's also an, a. a, a a band with some of his friends, but like they were just playing stuff from his, his movies. So it's, it's really interesting how they compose the set list because like it starts off with, uh, driving Miss Daisy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then the band all walks on because that's how the, that song starts. Like yeah. it just starts with, uh, drums and clarinet. And then it, the band builds up from there. Cool. Right? Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I really like him as a composer yeah. because he doesn't just lift things from centuries dead composer other composers. Other yeah, um, he actually creates new sounds and soundscapes and stuff. Plus, he actually plays the instruments. Oh, that's um, that's interesting. Like yeah. he'll he jumps around on this between guitar to a banjo, to keyboards, to some sort of synth sequencer thing. Like, he's doing stuff with his band. He's not just standing up there and 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 waving waving his wand. Not to denigrate John Williams or any other composer, because, like, they obviously can play music as well. But it was interesting to see him playing with a band rather than than, um, directing a band. Um... And it's really interesting. They have uh, several guitar players on there that one of them is a guitar player from Incubus. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and then one of them is Johnny Marr, who I know you, you're not good with names. He's the guitar player for the Smiths, most famously. That That's where he got his big break, you know, with Morrissey and oh, okay. all those guys in the yes. 80s. Um, the yeah, Smiths. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting to... Um, <laughs> You know when you said the Smiths, my mind went the Smiths old bar. <laughs> of Here course in Atlanta. it did. <laughs> I'm um, not good with music. But uh but yeah, no, I, I recommend that um Didn't the um the Grammys happen? Like recently? I I don't know. Oh, okay. I I don't watch award shows. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I was just wondering. Not a huge fan of them. Okay. <laughs> um But but yeah, no, I recommend this this uh the Hans Zimmer live in Prague. It's like two hours. There's a lot of songs on there that are like, this is a song and it is a concerto and we're adapting music that I wrote for this film. Enjoy. And it's like 
20 minutes. Jeez, wow. It's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> How about your next thing? Uh, so, like I was hinting, uh, my next game, so I completed uh, Breath of the Wild. And I kind of like doing this where I play a game and then I beat it. And then I move on to the next game. Because I feel like if you play multiple games at the same time, it kind of like all runs together. Oh, I can't do that as an adult now. Yeah. Like, I have to play one thing all Until the way through and then move something Same else. here, yeah. same here. So I knew I was getting close to beating um, Breath of the Wild. And again, I kind of talked about this when I was reading the uh, reviews on Amazon. Uh, I'm now playing um, Fire Emblem, Three Houses, on the Switch. Um, again, it's always funny. Read the Amazon uh, like reviews and questions. Do you have to have three houses? Do to you play have this to? <laughs> do I have to mortgage my first house to buy the second house? Um, so I started playing that game, and boy, do I really enjoy Fire Emblem games. It's kind of funny because I've always really enjoyed Fire Emblem games, but they've never been super popular here in the United States. So Fire Emblem is big over in Japan. Like they love. Fire Emblem over there. And it just never really got the sales here in the United States. I tried playing one when we were living together, I think on Wii? Yes, I, I had one on the Wii, too. Um, yeah. I could not get into it because it, it it's so... It's a special, yeah. It's, it's like, it's it abstracts... A, it's like a strategy game that abstracts the rules and tactics to, yes. a, to a level that I'm just not... Yeah. I'm not comfortable with dealing with in on a console game. Yeah, so... Uh, like, if it were a board game, I would play the shit out of a Fire Emblem board game. Yeah. But, like, th- for whatever reason, when it's on a video <laughs> game, I'm just like, uh, what? Yeah, so <laughs> I equate it so it's not as far-fetched as a, um, as a battle mech game. Yeah. Where with battle mechs, you can get into, like, the nitty gritty. You kind of need like a spreadsheet to like, oh, like steel your, battalion. Yeah, yeah. To outfit your <laughs> mech with all these things. Um, it is a grid based game where you know you have your units on a grid and you move them around the grid to fight other people. There is some like management of those characters where you have to like, you know, manage their skills and their weapons and stuff like that. Where it kind of can get caught in the weeds if you're not a big fan of like managing that but it's not as far as when you're playing like steel battalion or battle mech where you have to like manage your entire mech and like build its out you know outload or as something like that like giving it all sorts of weapons and having weights and things along those lines i tried playing one of those games and that was just like too much for me well you remember steel battalions the xbox game that you that has like that giant the keyboard, giant keyboard yeah. with with uh, levers and switches and also pedals. Yeah, um, yeah. And then a giant red button to eject. Yeah, where you could just slap that thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean it looked cool, but yeah, it was just like too much plastic. It's also like a four or five hundred dollar game yeah. when you bought the controllers. And yeah. Stuff with it. Um. So it's interesting to sort of see. Um, the sales increase here in the United States. I feel like it's becoming a little bit more... Um, oh, did this sell well? Yeah, it sold really well here in the United States. Um, is it more streamlined? Uh, so, it is well, a bit I, more. I, let me talk. Let, let me let you talk about it, and then I'll ask questions. <laughs> yes. So it is a bit more streamlined. <laughs> um, it's not as um, encumbersome as the previous games. 
So there are a lot of things. There's a lot of, um, I guess, systems to forgive you for making mistakes. Hmm. Like they have a system in place where you can rewind time. So let's say you fuck up. Like you didn't realize that like doing something would oh, have right, just there's fucked permadeath up. In yeah, this there's characters. permadeath in this. Yes. Yeah. Where if one of your character dies, then that character's just out. You don't get to like, you know, learn about their past or anything along those lines. Because this game is both a tactics game and a dating sim in one. <laughs> yeah. So in the game, when you're not fighting people, you're like, you know, the Mary Sue or the what's the male version? Like I, I say Marty Sam. Alright, Marty I, Sam, I, yeah. where it's just a blank slate where you can just insert yourself. You get like a harem of like people. Like <laughs> and it's super cool because it can be same sex marriages or relationships oh, okay. and things like that. Um that's progressive for a Japanese video. Game. Yeah, so you can um you can like flirt and like go on dates with your uh it's kind of weird because in this game, you're a teacher, mm. and you can go on dates with your students. That's no good. <laughs> but you're the same so age. This does sound like a Japanese dating sim. <laughs> but wait, wait, you're the same age? Yeah, you're the same age. because So it's like an organization rather than school. Yeah, so it's a church. It's a church. Okay, that gotcha. You, that makes... Okay. These people are like learning in the monastery how to fight, and you're like such a great fighter that they're like, you're the youngest professor we've ever hired. Choose your three houses. One's Red Gryffindor, the other one's Blue Ravenclaw, and the other one's Yellow um, Hufflepuff. So it is <laughs> Harry Potter Fire Emblem version. Kind of, yes. Okay. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, those are the three houses, and, like, the leaders of the houses have those same personalities. Like, the Yellow House guy is, like, cool friendly kind of wacky like he's like i really enjoy all my like friends and stuff like yeah. that the red ones like i'm a you know i'm a leader i'm you know discipline, brave, discipline, discipline yeah and then the um uh blue ones like ah oh, i'm super book smart and blah blah it's like wow you <laughs> didn't even try but that's cool i like harry potter so i'm going to roll with this but yes it's a dating sim where you can date people and it's a matchmaker because you can match up other students with other people. You can, like, yeah. Okay. So you can build relationships on the battlefield and in the classroom. And um, when you relock, like, there are support levels. And when you unlock those support levels, the people become closer. And soon they will, like, become in a relationship and kiss each other. Okay. So you can make that all happen. So cool. it is a strategy game slash dating sim. And you know what? I like all that. Okay. I like Harry Potter. I like, you know, it's just all up in my alley and I'm happy about it. And I like playing it. So far, I've sunk in about 12 hours into this game. It is kind of hefty, um, which is interesting because like, I guess one of the main draws of the game is, like, you can replay this game and choose another house, and it'll be a whole different story. Mm. But, like, you know, I'm already maybe one-third into the, you know, into my first playthrough in this one house, and it's fun. I don't know if I go You're back about, You and, don't care about the story enough to see the differences. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It, especially if the differences are very minute. I might look them up on, like... 
YouTube and see what the differences are. But, like, you know, they say that it's, like, a unique ending, but sometimes there's a unique ending, and it's like, oh, we just plastered one guy, took him off, and put in another person. Yeah, so I'm always concerned when I... Or not concerned. Um, I'm suspicious, I guess, when I see a game that has, like, three different storylines and they've got all different endings because the the game that I immediately think of uh, when I see that is Resident Evil 6. Mm-hmm. And the thing I don't... Like, I like that game, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I never played it. But... I, what I don't like is it. it's not a complete game without doing all three of them. Like oh. You, it, no, it's I like think they had is... the idea for three different types of games, yeah. and they jammed them into one and said, well, this is a full-sized game, and it's like, no, that's three smaller games. They but only okay. charged you for one game. Right, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't think that they have this problem. I think it's more of the um, diamond problem where it's like, you start off oh, at like the a telltale. T- yeah, yeah. Where it's like, it's all going to be the same ending. It's just like, who are you going to stand next to? Yeah. The blue team? The red team? The yellow team? Are we going to palette swap out the colors? It's going to be a Mortal Kombat situation. But again, this is, again, I'm not 100% sure if that's the ending. Yeah. I'm going to play through it and then I'll probably, again, look up the other endings. And if the other endings are very unique and different, I might go back and play it. Depending on, yeah. you know... What else is on my docket? Sure. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm playing right now. Okay. Um, so I watched a Netflix original movie called What Did Jack Do? Mm-hmm. Have you seen this advertised or come up in your, your no. stream? <laughs> it's a David Lynch. So it's a short film, first of all. Okay. I, I really want to talk about it, but I feel like this is the most appropriate uh, space to talk about it in because I don't think it's deep enough for a full episode, because yeah. it's only a 30-minute short film. Oh, right? wow, that is really short. It's a David Lynch movie, mm-hmm. and it's this black-and-white movie where David Lynch plays a detective, right? Yeah. And it's set up like this film noir movie, um, and he comes in, and he's interviewing this character named Jack. Jack is a capuchin monkey that okay. they have rotoscoped someone's, like mouth Ew. onto weird yeah. and it's saying lines back to him yeah and jack did something and someone's dead but jack may not have killed them okay wow that and weird. it's just this police interview with this monkey that's it it's just one scene yeah it's just one scene in one location oh. it is bizarre <laughs> does it leave you feeling like after you watched it, did you feel like that was a complete story, or was it... I mean, is it's it, an artsy short film. Yeah, but does it tell a story? It tells a slice of a story. Great. It's... <laughs> I, Great. I just... I, I want to know why Netflix gave David Lynch... Like... Who, did, who did green they, light this? Who, Netflix. Who, it was yeah. a Netflix original. And they were just like, well... So I don't I know... I wonder if they, like, read the script or anything, or if they just... Well, and I don't know if they're just like, all right, uh, David, we've we've got $10 million. We're going to give you $10 million. He's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll make this... Uh, 
I'm gonna rotoscope a friend's mouth onto a monkey, and I'm gonna interview him as a cop. <laughs> and then we're going to uh, make it black and white, and uh, not gonna really wrap up anything up. Yeah, yeah, I can see. I my voice is not even carrying through. <laughs> I wonder if for that's anyone who can even hear, because I, I don't know, I haven't listened back yet. Um, <laughs> I was imitating David Lynch's uh, very weird speaking voice, and I don't think the mic was picking it up. Just listen to David Lynch talk and imagine that was me doing it. Um, oh, him boy. trying to get the move, the money to do this is something I actually really want to know how how they gave him this money and how much this actually cost. That's probably a, a more interesting story than the story than that the he story told. The story that he was telling. Probably. <laughs> I haven't even seen it. And, uh, and I I say that as someone who does like David Lynch movies. But yeah. it, I, it's it's hilarious. It's not very long. Mm-hmm. Just sit and watch it. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. We'll it see, brought, we'll it see if me, I... Well, it brought me joy in a very down week. Okay. Good. 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 We'll, we'll so, see if I watch it or not. Okay. If I do, I'll, I'll talk won't. to you about okay. it. Okay. You never know. I've got 30 minutes to burn sometimes. <laughs> uh, but what I have been burning in time is uh, I've started reading a Brandon Tamerson book, um, Skyward, which is really awesome. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I'm a big fan of Brandon Samerson. I really enjoyed his Mistborn trilogy plus the other supplement books. Um, I really enjoyed a lot of his standalone um, books. The man can write a really good uh, world, um, a really great, like, magic systems. So, mainly, I... He does hard magic, right? He does hard yeah. magic. Um so I've only, and I've read his um, Stormbringer, uh, the first book. I need to read his second book. I know that there's a bunch out, um, which is kind of equivalent to the Wheel of Time sort of series. Oh, okay. Um, again, fantasy. Uh, so I've only read him uh, in his fantasy setting. So it's interesting, um, sp- or Sky- Skyward is a sci-fi book. Oh. Yeah. That's weird. Well, I mean, it's an interesting um, genre shift. Yeah, I just normally think of him as being a fantasy writer. Fantasy writer, yeah. yeah. So so did I. So it's interesting to sort of read this particular book. I really enjoy it. Um, again, like, he can build worlds that are really awesome, and I'm really, like, into this world. And e- even, like, some of the sci-fi... Um, aesthetics are really awesome a lot of like the ships that he writes it's really cool like so brandon samerson's known for like giving you maps or pictures at the beginning of his books and he's like drawn some designs of like the starfighters and things along those lines and uh i really enjoy that kind of like you know it's not necessary like he gives a good description of the starfighters but it's pretty cool that like he puts like drawings of these starfighters i think it's like a nice little touch to uh to the world building um and it's just it's a really good book i really enjoy his style of writing i really enjoy like the characters they writes about i'm really digging this book i'm halfway through it and i know that there's a second book that just recently came out i believe he said this is going to be a trilogy um since he really enjoys writing trilogy books so It'll be interesting to sort of see where he takes these characters and takes this world. 
So, I highly recommend if you're a Brandon Samerson uh, fan and you kind of want to see him in a different world and different genre, um, I would highly recommend this book. And even if you're like a big sci-fi fan, like I would recommend this book. It's not on the like intellectual level of like iRobot where, you know, you're diving into um, like questions about intelligence and um, robotic and things along those lines. But it is kind of just like a nice flight of fancy. Okay. And, you know, I have, I appreciate those. I enjoy, you know, some just like light reading. I guess it would be kind of like reading. Well, how long is this book? Because I know he, he writes some big honking he does. books. He does. Um, I believe it's around 270 pages. Um, Comparatively, that's not very long. It's not that bad. Um, the chapters are fairly quick, so it feels like, you know, you're going through it pretty fast. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, I would recommend it. I, okay. I've been really enjoying it, and I like it a lot. Cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, is that it? About the book? Yeah. yeah, about the book? Okay. I've got one more thing. <clears throat> okay. Um, I got four today. Do you so, have, like, what, 12? No, 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 I have six. Um... <laughs> Uh, so, another thing that I watched was, uh, The Adventures of Tintin. Oh, Have you yeah. s- Did you watch that? No, I've seen the comics. I've read some of the comics, but I've never... Because it's that weird digital, like... Yeah, so... It's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's... So, it's a Spielberg movie, so I thought I would huh. enjoy it. Um, it's a mean movie. Like... Well, a mean? Mean. M-E-A-N. Okay, like, not like mean. memes. No, like, it's... Like, Tintin and his dog, Snowy, are mm-hmm. mean, vicious little bastards. Like, oh, they're, huh. That's like, weird, because he was a very, like, proper British boy. Yeah, I don't know comics. what they did in this... Like, what tone they were going for, but, like... So, in... in in screenwriting, I know there's a there's a, a thing called Save the Cat, and it's it refers to when when you have a character who is kind of an anti-hero or whatever, you have them save a cat or so, so that they yeah. do something that is likable. And yeah. Like, oh, okay, they're not a bad guy, right? That the audience can kind of latch on to. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the... There's not a single instance of that in this movie. Hmm. So, like, you have an Indiana Jones-type character who doesn't give a shit about anyone else or what anyone else wants, and he's just ruthless in getting whatever information he needs. And he's a kid. And he's a... Well, he's, like, in his 20s. Oh. Really? Yeah. In the comics, he was, like, a kid. Yeah. I think he was, like, around 15, 16. It's... Yeah. I I mean, it's a mean movie. Like, it's it's not... um, I mean... Watch it if you like seeing new weird technology. Yeah, because it's because it like was they visually make it, unappealing to me. Like well, I remember they watching make the characters the, uh, look like the mm. characters from the comic, which is interesting. I don't think the technology was far enough along for that. I'm assuming it's the same type of style that he used on um, Ready Player One. Fifteen. He's fifteen years old. In the okay, so, so in this 15 movie, or 16, he's yeah. he's got his own apartment and like he's he's an adult. Mm-hmm. He's not like in his thirties or forties, but you know, like early twenties, I would say. Yeah, <clears throat> I was just 
Because I was like 15 or 16, and I was like, mm, maybe I should check. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's... it's. I, yeah. I don't think I would rewatch it. Like, it was... Like, there are some scenes that, like, in any Spielberg movie are fun to yeah. watch, but... I don't know, the characters, you just can't really... Like, there's nothing that made me go... Yeah, I hope that Tintin gets what he wants because he's he's a mean little bastard. Like I don't care if he gets what he wants. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So watch it if you like adventure movies, but don't watch it if um you want to care about the character you're watching. Yeah, because like I like the comics Tintin. I probably won't watch this. I mean, I mean, he's like, like I never nice, read the comics. He's so a, he's a nice kid in the comics. He's like a upstanding sort of like British Young yeah. gentleman, sort of. I mean, you you may watch it and come away with a completely different take on it. Like it's on Netflix right now. So Again, like, the visuals really just turned me off. Like oh, it was you know that uncanny valley type. Well, it wasn't even that. It was just like it looked so poorly animated. Like yeah, blocky kind of. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it did well. Mm. Um, Understandable. But uh, but yeah, watch it. That, that that's a watch it with a caveat from me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, last thing, it's quick, um, so, I occasionally watch YouTube videos, who doesn't, um, I kind of stumbled upon Jack Black's channel, Gables, like, gaming with Gables, yeah. have you seen this? I, I'm subscribed to it, I haven't watched any of them yet. Yeah, where there's actually no gaming, it's just him doing random things I didn't think it was. Stuff. Yeah, um, it's mainly, like, him... Riding 50 rides at uh, Disneyland when he's turning 50. Or him, like, hanging out with uh, Tommy Hawk. Like, skating in his backyard and stuff like that. Like, I really enjoyed uh, Jack Black, like, growing up. Um, I know, you know, with us living together, watching Tenacious D. God, uh, those movies in that show were amazing. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Like, <laughs> listening to some of his you know, music and stuff like yeah. that. I watched a lot of, like, the, um, like, School of Rock, uh, movies that he's just been in and things along those lines. And it was just interesting kind of stumbling upon this YouTube channel and just, like, watching him because, like, he looks a little old, but not in old in a bad way. He's just in his old. 50s. Yeah. Like I said, he just, you know, he turned 50 and yeah. everything like that. But he still has that, like, that personality, that spunk to him, like, yeah. you know, the the thing that made me really like him, that sort of, like, love of life. So I, I started watching some of his videos, and again, like, there's not much gaming in it. It's, it's mainly him just doing things like him trying a workout routine and stuff like that, like kettlebell swings and, like, squats. Yeah. And the guy who was training him was like, you really squat well. He's like, yeah, because, you know, when I'm singing, I... I lift up my leg and squat down, and it's just, it's really, like, <laughs> I really like Jack Black's uh, energy. Like, he has a really good sort of, like, fun, silly, wacky energy. And I just started watching those videos, and I was like, man, I kind of like this. And, like, it's really interesting that, like, you forget about some of these, like, famous people, and then they kind of put out, like, a YouTube channel. Like, this doesn't look professionally done. Like... I think he has a cameraman, but other than that, it's like his family's around or like he's just kind of talking to people and stuff yeah. like that. So I don't think he's like 
investing like heavily into a. Well, he's retired now, right? Didn't he retire from making me- movies? No, because he did uh, Welcome to the Jungle too. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think he's fully retired, but like you know, this definitely seems like a pet project, and it's kind of cool because it's like you can tell that he's not like heavily invested into like making money or making like quote-unquote good or something like that he's just doing it just to do it yeah and it's really just interesting sort of like seeing his life like you know he when he's talking to tommy hawk he's like walking around his house and stuff like that and you know he's got his little kid i didn't know he had a kid and um it's just kind of cool and like again i really like his energy and it was just kind of fun to watch some of these videos. And they're, like, short, like, nine, eight-minute videos and stuff yeah. like that. So, um, again, it reminds me of why I really enjoyed watching Jack Black. I think he's a really cool guy. But, yeah, uh, Jables. Uh, Jables Gaming. I, if you, you know... I'll if, put it in the show notes. Yeah, so, if, yeah. if you uh, want some more Jack Black in your life, definitely take a look at it. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the guy. Cool. Yeah, that, and that's it. That's my four. Okay. Uh, well, I got three more. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, my wife and I watched this horror movie um, called uh, They're Watching. Yeah. Um, Never heard of it. I highly recommend it. It's on... I think it was on Shudder. So it might be on Amazon somewhere. Hmm. But it's, a, um, it's kind of a low-budget horror movie. Yeah. But it's not a slasher movie. Uh, I don't want to spoil it because I'm I'm thinking I might want to make it a topic, but I don't know how deep it goes. Okay. But but um, yeah, I don't I don't want to spoil it. Just watch their watching. Uh, it does not end like you would expect. Yeah. Um, it was shot in Romania, and I think there's a Romanian um, visual effects company that does the the uh, visual effects for the movie. Cool. Um. I mean, just briefly, like, the, the whole... The, the premise of the movie is that there's a, a uh, woman on a... Or a couple that are participating in, like, a reality show. Mm-hmm. And this reality show um, sees them buy a, a house in a remote area in Eastern Europe somewhere. Yeah. And they leave, come back a year later... And why do they leave their house? No, the the company that that is doing this uh, reality TV show, oh. that's like filming them them uh, like the whole purpose of the show is like okay, we got you this house, you're gonna fix it up, and then we'll come back in a year oh, okay. and see yeah like if you're still with it. Okay, like that's the premise of the movie. Yeah, but um, it it is a horror movie or a drama movie, and um, so things happen. It goes out from there, but it it the house is alive. It doesn't end like you would expect it. <laughs> the house eats them. No. <laughs> The house um, is really a cat in the sky. But I, uh, I highly recommend that one. Um, I might make it a topic for future, but I don't know. I, I think I want to rewatch it before making that decision. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, the other thing I did was I played uh, Far Cry 4, finally. Oh. I finally beat it. That's the one with the twins? No. Far no. Cry 4 is the guy who's... Um, 
going back to the country his parents were from. Okay. Or his mom was from. Oh, and he's trying to beat that, like, um, annoying guy. The, um, like, British guy? Uh, he's not British. He's, uh, he may speak with a British accent. Um. But it's like a religious sort of cult? No. Oh, I don't know. No. No, that's the fifth one. Um, oh, okay. The fourth one, he's going back. It's set in... It's in a made-up country, but it's based on, on the world map and mm-hmm. the different visuals that you get. <clears throat> the triangle between India, Tibet, and Southern Asia. Okay. That makes sense. Kind of in that that general, like, where those cultures overlap. Yeah. But it's a fictional country. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a war zone going through. There's a rebellion going on against the guy who has backing from various government organizations. Yeah. Um, but he's also a drug dealer and an arms dealer. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, Was it's, it fun? it's interesting. It's very well balanced. Yeah. Um, cause it, Far Cry games are like a, like a sandbox almost. They are. Yeah. So it has, I don't think I've ever played any of the Far Cry games. Well, so this one's interesting because if, like, you know, with, with, uh, like Assassin's Creed and stuff like that. Yeah. Sometimes there's just bullshit that kills you. Yeah. <coughs> In this one, if I die or I fail, it's, it's my fault. Jerry like, it's 100%. Hard. Like, it's very well balanced. It takes into account that people playing have different reaction times. Yeah. Um, Is there, like, a difficulty level on it? No, okay. there's not. Um, it has a, a, you know, the usual open world problems, like, you can't move on until you solve this fetch quest thing. Yeah. And there's a yeah, bunch of little side quest. quests. Yeah. Um, of, like, collect all the feathers of this one type of bird, right? Yeah, that's... Um, so it's got those usual problems, but it's still very fun, and it's it's forgiving. It's challenging enough to be fun, but it's forgiving enough so that you don't want to break your controller against the television. <laughs> yeah, never never had that experience before. Yeah, well, sometimes, well, like especially with Assassin's Creed games, especially the the older ones. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they mapped the controls to some of those games, but it's just like no, I. Why would I want him to jump off of the wall? Yeah. Like, in what world was I signaling that that was the way it was supposed to go? Yeah. Um, uh. You guys did not map your shit correctly. Um, so, I mean, that's fun. I highly recommend Far Cry 4. It is a first-person shooter, so if you don't like FPS games, um, you probably won't have fun. It's got crafting elements, and it's got... Yeah. Um, um, it's yeah. got some minor RPG elements where you uh. can build your character out with different... Um, so like specialties and stuff like that. Yeah. Skill yeah, trees, exactly. yeah. I just, I'm not a big um, fan of the whole crafting stuff. I, well, I mean, you don't a, have to use yeah. it. It's, it's something that you can do to like, um, if, if you kill so many of this one type of animal and, and skin it mm-hmm. and get a certain amount of this other tech, you can create like, an ammo bag, and you can double your ammo capacity for this one time. Yeah, like, it's yeah. stuff like that. It's not, like, required. Required, okay. Um, huh. But, yeah, I recommend that if if you're into those types of games. Yeah, I haven't played a uh, first-person shooter in a while. I think the last one Apex I played... Apex Legends, maybe? Yeah, maybe that was it. 
And I stopped playing that quite a while ago. Yeah, they're on season, like, four now, I think. Yeah, I only right? played the first season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was when I was trying to get into the uh, whole, uh, I guess, death battle sort of thing. Battle Royale? Battle Royale, yeah. I guess that's not a thing anymore. Is it not? I mean, people still play Fortnite. PUBG? I don't think anyone plays PUBG anymore. Huh. I feel like people play Fortnite and Apex Legends, and that's it. And even then, Apex Legends, I think, is slowly... Dwindling. Yeah. I guess Fortnite will continue on forever. As long as they got the floss. <laughs> What's your last thing? <laughs> uh, my last thing. Um, so Let's this end is on the high note. I definitely high want to dive into deeper um, for the future. Okay, so this is a high note. <clears throat> yeah, so... Hit me. Well, hit me. it's a high note, but it's also a fucking bummer. Ah, um, boo. So, BoJack Horseman... Uh, I just watched its last season. I don't want to do it, Bo. No? <laughs> now, I can tell you right now, like, I've I've seen... I haven't watched an episode, so I'll give you that. But, like, I've seen some of the scenes and some of the stuff. I, that It's just so depressing. Yes, it's kind of the point, though. It's, um... Okay, well, so if we're not going to do this for a full topic, um, I mean, I'll say right now, like, my, my main takeaways from it yeah. are <clears throat> you should you should really watch it and give it a chance. Give it a chance past the first season. Uh, so it, the first season's a slug? No, it's not a slug. It's just the first season is has a much different tone than the rest of the show. Okay. Because I feel like they were they were just like, oh, here's here's the story. And then this. Netflix was like, well, we want more episodes. And they're like, uh, okay, we'll give you more episodes. And they, ju- they got more and more episodes. And the character went place- goes places that I did not expect an animated TV show to take a character. Yeah. Um, I just... There's... So, here's my question to you. Did you feel good after, like, watching a couple of the episodes? Um, I mean, there, there were episodes that after it was done, I was crying. Yeah, so you just didn't feel good, right? Well, I mean, feeling feelings feels good. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know feeling, feelings feels good, but, like, I, I just, I don't know, like... I don't need a bummer in my, like, watching things. Like, the episodes that I've watched, I'm just like, uh, like, I just feel not great. And I'm like, why do I want to watch something that makes me feel not great? Well, so from, from a, um, from an animation standpoint, Mm -hmm. they do a lot of really interesting things later in the series because i think they they kind of had the freedom more to kind of go hey we're going to make this entire episode and it's not going to have a single word of dialogue in it yeah that's fantastic like it's a good episode too like okay. it's it's 100% so- other than like like ambient noise yeah um there's an entire episode which 100% it deserved a, a, the emmy for this, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's the episode that one of them an Emmy called "Free Churros," and it's effectively a single monologue. 
No, oh, okay. Because it's Bojack Horseman delivering a eulogy. No. Oh. Okay. And so it's just this. It's this long monologue, right? Yeah. Um. They they play around a lot with subconscious stuff as well, like in in dreamscapes and yeah. things like that. Um, it it's. I, I jokingly said it's a fucking bummer. It's it's not a bummer. It's very... Um, it's comforting in a way because, you know, everyone has... Has these feelings. Has feelings like this at one point or another. Yeah. Even if you're not a talking horseman who's a millionaire. Yeah. Because, like, the backdrop is that he's a faded celebrity. Yeah, um, I, I know, like, the... Um, probably the summary of of the story and everything. It's just, you know, a couple of episodes I've watched, I just, I don't know, I it's left. Def- well, it's definitely nihilistic. Like, and, yeah. and that, that's part of the point of why he's such a self-destructive character. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe I do need to give it, like, again, I watched these, uh, these couple of episodes out of season. Like, I, the first one I watched... I, should I say spoilers or not? I mean, I've seen it. I don't I, like. We're going to talk about BoJack Horseman spoilers. Um, so yeah, hit us up on Facebook or or uh, I mean the I, email. Yeah, I don't <laughs> um, think if it's you like don't want to listen to BoJack Horseman spoilers, I don't think it's like a big thing. But like, I saw the episode where he had his daughter with him, and she was trying to find out like if he was his real father or if he was her real father or not. And then there were other, like, horsemen people. And it just... Then I saw another one where this guy was, like... This tiger guy bought a library for his, like, wife. But she didn't love him. And she was like, well, the library was in my head. Like, the library from Beauty and the Beast and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, like, these couple of episodes were just, like... Didn't make me feel great. So I never went back to it. But... I mean that's that's part of that's part of the show too. Though, yeah, is like it's it is a show about a depressed addict who has nothing and no one to live for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and maybe I need to give it a couple more. Yeah, like, like well, I mean that's if that's the framework, it. um, and and that bums you out, like, and and you don't want to know any more about it. It doesn't stop being that. Yeah, I know. Like it's know. a bummer show, but it's. I feel like as a as a piece of media, a piece of media, it tells as something a work different. of animation, yeah. as a work of writing, um, and I can respect it's, that. It's very well put yeah. together and very well crafted. The characters are amazing. Like I said, this is a cartoon show. Um, why am I a grown adult man watching? A, an episode of a cartoon show and then like a 20 there's a lot of good cartoons out there crying after i think like i feel like that's the mark of a good show if it can make you stir stir up emotions yes that I, give you a physical response and i i do agree with that and i think that there's a lot of good cartoons cartoons aren't just for like kids anymore oh no that's not what i was saying but what i more meant is that that I feel like I'm less likely to have that reaction 
to a cartoon than a real thing because it it's animated like it's it doesn't look like a person. There's not really a whole lot. Like it's it's a horseman, right? I've had the same reactions towards like. Okay, know, well, so anyway, maybe maybe yeah. the way I'm I'm wired in my head, I'm not going to get so emotionally attached to something that is not human. Yes. Is more what I meant. No, I didn't no. mean that animation could because I dude I have a Ghibli I, tattoo on my arm. I know. I, know. <laughs> um, I, ju- I what just I, wanted what to I meant was was that reiterate uh, that the yeah. character is a horseman. Yes. A non-existent thing. Yes. I think that speaks a lot to the strength of the writing and mm-hmm. the strength of the acting. How many that, seasons are in this show? Um, so, there's six, but they're also Netflix seasons. Mm-hmm. So, they're, they're like ten episode seasons. Okay. It's not very long. Like, because six seasons for most animated things would imply that it's 120 episodes. And I think it's about 60. Okay. Um, so it's, it's not as long as that would imply. Maybe. Yeah. I can give you a maybe on that one. We can, I mean, this would be years in the future. Like just put a bug in your ear. You may want to start watching now and in a few years we'll cover it. We'll see. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Maybe I'll give it another shot. Okay. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's it for that. Yeah. Um, That's it for this episode. That's this episode. Tommy. Tommy. (laughs) And stuff. And stuff. Yeah. Tommy and the Tangents. So. <laughs> that would be a good band. Our, yeah, Tommy and the Tangents. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, our, our next uh, main episode is uh, Osmosis Jones. Um, and then our book club book is iRobot. So we'll be covering that next week. So hurry up and finish that book, y'all. Um, shoot us an email. Go to our Facebook um, maybe I'll make that Daltrey meme. Maybe. You're... You're a wizard! You're a wizard! Um... You're a wizard, Daltrey. No, a wizard, Daltrey. As always, uh... One, two, three, four. We are sex bombs No. <laughs> I was thinking because of, you know, the whole band thing. I started thinking of, um... We uh, are sex bombs. One, two, three, four. Oh, that's yeah. a good album too. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, that soundtrack to that album was fucking banging. Who did that was um, Beck, right? Beck sang. Uh, uh, there was a lot of people. Beck did one song. Yeah. Um, oh, and Metric. That's when Metric I started. Metric did yeah. a few. Yeah. Um, the National did a couple. Yeah, and if you're wondering what we're talking about, we're talking about Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah. Which I think that's a that's one of your topics. For yeah. Like, because I really enjoyed it. Way in the future. So yeah. spoilers for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, shoot us an email, drop us a line. Um, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.